the hype train is and we're like oh my god this is terrible we're uh, so good can we just stop that crap Ireland could win the World Cup let's be honest oh Shane I could no why are we so afraid no. of this OTB AM live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app off the ball daily now then you're welcome back so we're going to talk Super Bowl with Kavitha A. Davidson sports writer for Real Sports with Brian Gumbel Kavitha great to have you on thanks for the time Hello. So, Kansas City Chiefs are Super Bowl champions once again. Patrick Mahomes, uh, much like the Kansas City Chiefs, a second Super Bowl after uh, three appearances of late. They beat the Philadelphia Eagles 38 points to 35 in very dramatic uh, fashion. Uh, I guess a talking point to start with is how they won the game. So it was 35 points apiece in the fourth. James Bradbury holds Smith-Schuster. And Bradbury, to his credit, came out very honestly afterwards and says it was a holding. I tugged his jersey. I was hoping that they would let it slide. They didn't let it slide. And uh, Kansas ran down the clock, kicked the three points, made off with the Super Bowl. In in many, many instances, this Bradbury hold on Smith-Schuster, it would have been let slide. Yeah, absolutely. I think that this is one of the frustrations about the NFL, and I'm sure uh, with many other sports where we see referees making a huge impact on the game. Um, it is by the letter of the law a hold. We see it not called all the time. We absolutely see it not called in a game of this magnitude and a play of this magnitude. Um, but as you said, to, to to his credit, Bradbury said this this was a hold and, and that's how they called it. So, mm. Has it soured the aftermath? Is it the big talking point in the last 24 hours or, or, or less uh, of that scale? It it really depends on where in the country you are, I think. Um, but yes, I mean, it is it is a, a huge thing that that everyone's talking about. And and frankly, um, a big talking point throughout the season and throughout most of uh, NFL fandom is how much of an impact the refs do have on, on the game. So this just adds a lot more fuel to the fire there. Up until this, uh, or up until that point, rather, at 35 points apiece deep into the fourth quarter, we're talking about a classic Super Bowl. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this, you know, this is another talking point that you'll hear bandied about a, a whole lot, which is this is only the second time a team has come down, uh, come back from uh, being down 10 points at the half. Uh, the first being the very famous uh, Patriots comeback against the Cardinals um, when they were down 28 to three. So uh, this this was shaping up already to be one of one of the best games that, that we've seen of late. And frankly, as this sounds very privileged, but as somebody who has been to quite a few Super Bowls, the game doesn't always live up to the hype. And this one absolutely did. And what was so good about it? So the scoreline suggests it's it's close and nip and tuck and you have the comeback element, which is all, 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 always uh, kind of thrilling to watch. But in terms of quality... I think you see a lot of um, small things, a lot of big things for sure. I mean, obviously, a hold call that changes the tenor of the game is is huge. Patrick Mahomes going down, uh, you know, when we we already knew that he was not playing at full strength on that ankle and going down before the half, uh, where he's you know writhing in pain on the sideline there, uh, and and manages to come back and and be kind of mobile. Actually, he didn't seem as hindered as you would think that he was. He had to make a couple of big plays uh, with his feet. He had to scramble. Uh, 
Um, you know, there there was one very long run that he made uh, for a first down that that was really impactful. Um, and then and then some of the smaller things, getting getting your toe just in line uh, before like uh, before uh, before before getting out of bounds. Chris Jones on the defensive on the defensive line for the Chiefs. I'll say that I completely called this wrong. I thought that the Eagles were going to win on the prowess of their defense, and it was the Chiefs' defense that that really uh, impressed me last night. Mm. On um, Mahomes, because even in in advance of the game, the the, the endless build up which goes on for twenty eight hours of, of TV broadcasting, and and so you know, uh, <laughs> it's a lot. I mean, you guys lean into it. Uh, in fairness, you you, you do lean into it. Uh, but one of the uh, four thousand three hundred eighty five uh, reporters that I saw feeding into the the studio in advance was saying that. Uh, Mahomes, you know, he, he often likes to take the ball and, and maybe drift off to the left and, and lean back on that right foot, the injured right angle, and, and throw the ball. And had, on, had done that for the first time in practice on maybe the Wednesday, and then they were very happy with them. So, it, I mean, that moment where he looks to have injured himself in the tackle and he gets up and he can hardly walk just before half time, it looks like all bets are off. Do we know what kind of treatment he had, how touch and go it was, and which pain he was or wasn't in? He looked like he was in a lot of pain. Uh, I think a lot of the times we see players try and uh, uh, kind of mask how much pain that they're in, but he was literally buckled over on the sideline going into the half. Um, We don't know exactly what treatment he had. Um, You know, all indications are going to be at the very least a cortisone shot, probably some Toradol in there, anything to kind of get him through, uh, you know, the next you know, the next half hour of, of football essentially mm. to play. Um, but it seems to have worked. Uh, we'll see what the after effects of that are, which is always my concern. Um, but, but you know, this is this is the NFL. Yes. Uh, you mentioned that incredible run he made in the fourth quarter. It wasn't that it was at lightning speed or he weaved and dodged. It was a pretty straight run. But I, I suspect uh, you, like me, just grimaced as you watched him run when you know what he's <laughs> putting that ankle through. It- you're holding your breath for sure. And and as you said, it wasn't the smoothest run and it, it couldn't have been expected to, to, to be that smooth. Um, but yeah, you're holding your breath. You're hoping that he's not limping any further than than he already is. And and and, and at some point, I think, you know, I was at a Super Bowl party. Half the room was just yelling at him to go down, <laughs> to take a slide and, and not sacrifice himself further. Uh, Mahomes, an interesting case study now at 27 years of age. This is his second Super Bowl win in three appearances. He is two-time MVP. He is two-time Super Bowl MVP. So I think I'm right in saying that only uh, Brady and Montana have hit those milestones and, and gone beyond. So suddenly he's in rarefied atmosphere and people are having the beginnings of conversations about where he's going to finish up in terms of all-time uh, greatness. Uh, what would what would you tell us about Mahomes? Because, uh, you know, it, People initially saw him as like a running quarterback, but the game has changed so much in some respects. He's kind of middle of the road in that regard now. Yeah, it's funny because uh, Patrick Mahomes was initially thought as a dual threat quarterback, and now he's seen as a, a really creative passer. And that's that's you know that's that's kind of his bread and butter because we have Jalen Hurts, which we saw uh, which we saw in full display yesterday with three rushing touchdowns himself. Um, and we've obviously seen this with Lamar Jackson and 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 a lot of other uh, quarterbacks who are, are far and beyond uh, you know on their feet. But uh, it's it's really interesting to see what. 
Patrick Mahomes has been able to do in a short time. As you mentioned, he's in very rarefied air whenever you start throwing around Brady and Montana. And unfortunately, we've had, uh, I, I say unfortunately because I'm a Giants fan, but unfortunately we have had such outsized success by the last dynasty we saw in the Patriots that three Super Bowl appearances in four years, two wins in the last three, you know, that is a that is as close to a dynasty as we're probably going to see uh, in the post Brady and post Patriots era. Um, and, and, you know, we, we talk about only one black quarterback uh, in Warren Moon being in the Hall of Fame. I think we're probably looking at at least the second uh, in real time right now. Yes. And some of these things are subjective, like Brady's numbers are so freakish and probably just unrepeatable that, you know, subjective arguments will come into it. So for Mahomes to bust his ankle in front of the world and then make the run in the fourth and, and do these kind of heroic things, that adds to the lore of, I guess, uh, the argument you might make on his behalf. Yeah, we 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 do love the uh, we we love the dramatic story for sure, and and you know there are a couple of really famous instances in in American sports history. Michael Jordan and the flu game is a really big one. If you're a Knicks fan, Willis Reed playing in the NBA Finals on basically half a leg, um, and and leading the Knicks to a championship there. Uh, I, I think that this this ranks up there for sure. It adds to the mystique, if you will. Um, and we don't really use that word a lot in in football in a non-Patriots and non-Brady sense. So it's a little bit refreshing to see that now. It is really interesting, Kavit, that, I mean, I think all sports at the moment are, are, are just changing so quickly, be it communications and, and just uh, sports science being harnessed and, and, and tactical acumen and data and you name it. Sports are changing uh, uber fast at the moment. But it is amazing to think that Mahomes, when he was compared to Brady, who'd sit in the pocket and throw those passes, was, oh, my God, have you seen this guy move? And now he's like old granddad there throwing the passes himself. Well, exactly. Right. And that that does show you how quickly the game has evolved. It also shows you that, you know, especially with salary cap restrictions, we can't just have quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes waiting on the bench for a couple of years until he finds his game. The game that he has, the game that these quarterbacks have is pretty much the game that they're going to have to bring to the table. Um, and and he's, he's managed to evolve with it. Uh, you mentioned uh, Mahomes and his stature as a, a, a black face um, in the midst of this incredibly uh, white position. And, uh, you know, the, the, the tropes thrown at African-American uh, quarterbacks down the years, I think, are, are well known at this stage. And uh, the point was made uh, widely that in Mahomes versus Hertz, this was the first time in the Super Bowl we had uh, two um, African-American athletes uh, in the Super Bowl. And Mahomes himself uh, spoke in advance of the Super Bowl, that is um, his pride and his happiness to see this development. I thought it was uh, it was noteworthy that Doug Williams was there, the first uh, African American to win the Super Bowl thirty five years ago, at quarterback, the only I think, uh, or sorry, the first in, uh, at um, when he came through thirty five years ago. It was interesting. He was there uh, pre game holding up the trophy. So to some extent or other, the the NFL uh, lent into that conversation. 
Yeah, I mean, the NFL is very good at banking on positive PR whenever it can. Okay. And this is absolutely an instance in which it did. I mean, this doesn't take anything away from Jalen Hurts or Patrick Mahomes. These are two incredible athletes um, who have overcome a lot. Patrick Mahomes, you know, was told that he should go into baseball, which is, you know, Patrick Mahomes Sr., his father is a, a, a an MLB player. So he was told that he should go into baseball. Jalen Hurts was asked multiple times before he was drafted if he would consider switching positions, which is a common thing that black quarterbacks have had to deal with uh, in in the last several decades. Uh, but you're also talking about um, you know teams here that that do have this legacy. It was really interesting to watch this last night in the lens of somebody who grew up watching Donovan McNabb under center for for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, this is unfortunately a conversation that that we have to have. But again, not to take anything away from these two quarterbacks. In my opinion, this is not a reflection that things are better in the NFL or suddenly um, executives and scouts are less racist or thinking about uh, quarterbacks in, uh, in in a different way. Mm. I think uh, the phrase that I used when I was asked about this yesterday was this has been an evolution of necessity. Um, for a lot of reasons, the game has evolved and the quarterbacks that happen to possess these dual threats and and possess the skills that are, uh, are, are more meaningful in today's game, they happen yeah. to be black. And I yeah. think that, you know, the NFL is also a copycat league. So when you started to see success with a Lamar Jackson or with a Patrick Mahomes, then you started to see more and you will continue to see more teams drafting black quarterbacks and allowing them to actually play that position. Yes. And, and perhaps a point which really underlines your argument is that, I don't know, two decades after the Rooney rule, we're still nowhere on that front. And, and, and that's where the, the necessity point is exposed. That's that's where the shift has kind of taken place, right? The common argument against black quarterbacks was that uh, you know, the quarterback position is a position of intellect and IQ and and leadership and and all of these things. And that's both whether they had the on-field tactical ability um, and the ability to galvanize a locker room of mostly, you know, now mostly black players, but a, a locker room under their leadership. And obviously we've seen the black quarterbacks can do that. A lot of those arguments have now shifted um, in a very soft way against black head coaches. And we don't, we've basically plateaued since the Rooney rule has been instituted um, on, on seeing any progress on that front. So I do think that that will be uh, that will be the next the next frontier. It, it's a it's been a, cop, a topic of conversation for now decades, and it's a little bit frustrating that we are still talking about this. Sure. We saw on the sideline offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs, Eric Bieniemy, who for years has been thought should have been a head, a head coach already. Um, but I do also want to point out that on the Philadelphia Eagles side, there is an assistant coach named Autumn Lockwood, who yesterday became the first black woman to coach in a Super Bowl. So I did want to give her some appreciation there. As a, a final uh, question on the on the game itself, are we now then if if Kansas and I mean Mahomes for instance, if, but if can I guess they're they're interlinked. If they uh, don't win another Super Bowl, we do regard them as one of the great teams or no? I, I think absolutely. Again, three Super Bowl appearances in four years. Yeah two wins in three. We can't compare these to the, the Brady number of championships, the Patriots. We just don't see this kind of uh, this this kind of thing in football a lot. We see a lot of stratification mm. um, and 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 parity is really the word that the league would like me to use. But okay. um, <laughs> I, I think that this is absolutely, uh, you know, this is this is a team we'll remember for, for a very long time. So Brady and the Patriots have ruined things, really. <laughs> I mean, they've they've skewed our perspective on what a dynasty on what constitutes a dynasty in the NFL. I yeah. think because I mean, golf has this problem post Tiger Woods. People do great things, and we sit there with our arms crossed and say, "Well, I mean, 
Yeah, Rory McIlroy. Well, tennis Rory. with Ser- with yeah. Serena and the big three. If somebody doesn't win twenty majors, it's like who in, are they? It's it's what what are you even doing here? Andy Murray had a fantastic has a has had a fantastic career. He's mm. not retired yet, but uh, he also happened to play against the big three. So. Yeah, it's really interesting how it, it seemed to happen in similar uh, period as well. Uh, obviously, the burning question people who didn't see last night will ask: Was the halftime show good? Uh. <laughs> It was, I mean, I love Rihanna. It was It was a great halftime show. It is nowhere near the best halftime show I've ever seen. Um, but I think that everybody's uh, topic of conversation was less about the actual show and more about her uh, her, fut- her her eventual announcement that she is uh, now pregnant again. I so. know. I mean, it was an interesting one because I, I, I think for most people, the, the first portion of the halftime show was was just uh, ruined or by the distractive questions. Is she pregnant? She, she, she must be. And, uh, it was the only thing everybody was <laughs> no. mentioning at the party I was at. And I was just like, can we just wait and see? I, I was kind of hoping she would just bring some guest out, probably Jay-Z, um, just so everyone could stop talking about whether yeah. she was pregnant or not. I was also holding out for maybe Tom Holland coming out during Umbrella because that would have been amazing. But <laughs> alas. Yeah, quite unusual not to have guests. I mean, I, I, I thought it was fine, a touch underwhelming. Until the finale, where she just kept going up and up in the air, I was I, at that stage. I was sort of gripping the side of the couch uh, with, with vertigo. There was there was one angle where the camera swooped, but it looked like her platform was swooping, and I think everybody in the country gasped when they saw that. Yeah. Well, look, it's important we settle the important issues uh, like that here. Uh, thank you so much, Kavita. Much appreciated. Thank you. That's Kavita A. Davidson, who was a sports writer for Real Sports with Bryant Gumbel. 